0: What what is going on, bro? It's good to have you back in the building, man.
1: I'm good, man. Good to be back. Uh, Great things happening in the sports world, man. My Sixers start the season tonight. My Steelers coming off an upset win. Um, My Phillies in the National League Championship Series. So, all is all over here, bro. How about you?
0: chilling you know quite the opposite over here the commanders suck the nationals suck this year and you know we got Giannis. we got the we got the bucks so you know fear the deer Play by play analysis. Devin Nash on the mic. So you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on, on Apple Podcasts. And we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor 2. No parachute, we so fly. We be talking sports and music. What's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gon' cost ya. We be talking sports and music. What's the newest got exclusive? Yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. This here is the play-by-play of Dallas's podcast. It's your boy, Devin Ashby, SK, play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Obviously, like we said, the M- the MLB season is wrapping up. The NBA season is getting ready to begin. But the fall belongs to the gridiron, and we all know this. Um, college and NFL football have been nothing short of crazy this, this past Saturday and Sunday where... Two of the more insane Saturday and Sundays that I can remember in a long time. Um, We're going to get to the NFL in a second. We Them boys in the college world, man. Those boys can play, man. It's, it's a lot of good football being played this, this, uh, this fall. You know, um, a lot of good teams out there. One of the more surprises, I, I wouldn't say surprise, but a team that has kind of come out of nowhere to me for people that don't really... Know much outside of the Blue Bloods, the Tennessee Volunteers. You know, even before their big upset win against Alabama, this was a team that was all business this year. You know, they had some really good wins. You know, a big road win against Pittsburgh earlier in the year. You know, they dominated LSU a couple of weeks ago. You know, like Hendon Hooker is playing out of his mind right now. Josh Heupel, the coach, is bringing something there that they haven't had probably since the Peyton Manning days. Um, And all of it came to fruition this past Saturday. Uh, A win that was 15 years in the making. A lot of us were seven, eight years old last time an Alabama team lost to Tennessee. That is insane to think about. The Tennessee Volunteers... Stunned the number two team in the nation who dropped all the way to number six this recent week. They didn't just beat these dudes. Like, yeah, the score, it was one of the best games we've seen, like in terms of just back and forth. But if you really watch that game, like there was a lot of stuff about Alabama that was just not adding up to me. But before I get to my thoughts, well, as you were watching this insane game, what is going through your head the whole time the game is going on?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is that this is not a Nick Saban's
0: defense, right? Like Okay, we're on the same page. Yeah. Anytime anybody puts up fifty
1: two points, uh, you know, on Nick Saban, I mean it's unheard of and of course this is the most points ever uh scored on Alabama, I believe, since like the nineteen 19- um, so it's been a long, long time uh, that Alabama had that many points given up. But like you said at the top, bro, like this is a different Tennessee team. Uh, you know, this is year two under hypo and the energy is there. Uh, I mean, of course, when you play in Alabama, I would expect it to be a sellout, but uh, the orange wave was, was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, my favorite part, of course, was the post-game celebration. Um, but Hendon Hooker, like you said, I think – he may be the Heisman frontrunner after after this week. Um, Jalen Hyatt, six uh,
0: catches. It's going
1: to be hard to... CJ Stroud?
0: No, no, I mean, not that I necessarily think he isn't, but it, it's going to be hard for him to unseat CJ Stroud just um, from a media standpoint. Like, that's the media favorite right now. It's going to mm-hmm. be hard to undo. Even with, I mean, he's probably skyrocketing because, you know, Caleb Williams lost this weekend, so he was... Mm-hmm you know Bryce Young hasn't played enough games in my opinion and then loses this one and hasn't looked great all year like i mean he's he's been good but like we saw the Texas game we saw the game against Arkansas when he got hurt and then he missed a, like 3 games in a row after that i don't see how he wins it so it's like yeah Hooker could sneak in there he could sneak in there yeah my my thing is you if you're
1: the best team you know of course they got Georgia in a few weeks but if you're the best team in the SEC you beat Alabama and let's just say they beat Georgia in two weeks it's hard not to give the quarterback of, the, of that team yeah, I was about uh, to say. yeah. Uh, put put him in the thick of the Heisman race but um you know yeah, yeah. Hyatt was, was incredible as well and I just can't couldn't believe my eyes that a team could go up and down a field against an Alabama team with all of these five stars um, and just you know, not be phased at all, right? It was, you know, we had Bryce Young, you know, he had his Heisman moment, right? He, he drove him down the field. He did what he could. And he did that time and time again, either, even though he took big shots. But Tennessee always just kept coming back, kept coming back. And then all they had to do was stack the receivers and let Hyatt run down the middle of the field. And there was no one... Touching this guy, I and mean, then you got a guy celebrating. You know, smoking cigars with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning going on Facetime with, with Money Bag Yo, and just Tennessee just acting a fool, right? Goalpost down, yeah. goalpost on, on on the strip, and everything. It was just, it was wild, but it was good to see, and I think it was good for college football.
0: Yeah, no, it was very good for college football because, like I said, this year has had a lot of good teams, and not just the usual, not the usual suspects either. Like, yeah, Ohio State's always going to be good. Georgia's going to Be good most of the time. Alabama, we expect those three. But we look at Michigan. You look at Tennessee. Look at Penn State. Look at, you know, uh, TCU. Like, (laughs) Kansas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even though they've lost two in a row. But, like, still. UCLA
1: is
0: still undefeated. UCLA is still (laughs) undefeated. Everybody (laughs) forgot about Oregon. They came back. USC Mm -hmm. is back. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, college football is in a really good place right now. So it's like. I mean, it's really, I mean, granted, it's probably not going to be wide open at the end of the year. But, like, it's it's pretty wide open right now. Like, it's, and Tennessee, man, to your point, man, um, Nick Saban's, this defense is horrible. This defense is disgusting. Like, I, obviously, in today's game, offense is the name of the game. And, this next phase of Nick Saban of the Nick Saban experiment clearly is focused in on the offensive side of the ball, because the last several years now, even going all the way back to, I'm trying to think when maybe the first year or so that I started to notice this. It was like maybe 2018. Even eight. though you, you kind of could see it that year, but you, it was like, uh, eh, you know, whatever. Like they. It's weird. Like, they these, Nick, these defenses Nick Saban has had the last several years have been just... It's like a knife through hot butter, bro. Like a hot knife through butter. Like, 2019, Joe Burrow walked into Tuscaloosa and did that to them. Then in 2020, they had a bend-don't-break defense where, like, their offense was so good that it didn't matter. And then 2021... They kind of, sort of got back to doing Nick Saban stuff, but it still wasn't quite there. And then this year, it's just like, bro, it's it's ridiculous. Like every time, I kept expecting like at some point, you know, like especially you remember the defense had the fumble return and they took the lead, and I'm like, at some point, it's like, okay, maybe the well's gonna run dry, maybe they've run out of luck, maybe this is it, like you know, whatever. And they just kept coming back, and it's not even like you know yeah they were putting a bunch of good drives together but i mean this dude hyatt was just running wide open down the middle of the defense time after time after time i'm like every other play he's just wide open down the middle of the field like not a safety in sight not a corner in sight it was two plays that hooker could have hit that he ended up missing on so he probably would have had more touchdowns if he yes. hit on those two so i'm just like I've never seen a defense by, like you said, a Nick Saban defense. Is, I've never seen one that looks this bad, except for maybe 20, whatever year Johnny Manziel beat him. And the, the the year Auburn beat him, the whole kick six thing, that was probably the worst year they had. Like, that was the worst yeah. collection of defensive backs that he's probably ever had. This is about as bad as that team. Like, it's, it's horrible.
1: And and the crazy thing is, even with the best player in college football, right, Will Anderson, right, he's going to be – if a team doesn't need a quarterback, well, even if a team does need a quarterback, I think Will Anderson might still probably be the the safest pick, right? So, like, even with him on the edge and you got Dallas Turner on the other side and then you got Kool-Aid McHenry and, and you know, in the back end and Branch, who also is an NFL player, right? They have a bunch of NFL players. and, And, yeah, battle as well, Another you know, a great safety. So, like, they have NFL caliber defenders, and it's, it's bizarre to me. And don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? Like, we got to be honest, and we got to give Tennessee credit because they do have great playmakers. And I'm sure Hypo was a great offensive coach and a great offensive mind. But, like you said, uh, this is, you know, repeatedly this defense, right? Like, it's not the one – this isn't a one-time thing. They've been struggling the past few seasons. Last year, I think the excuse was they were young. They had a lot of true freshmen starting. But this year, it's like – these guys are supposed to be a year better. And, again, offenses are more explosive in the SEC. We got, you know, the Lane Kiffins of the world. Mike Leach is also in the SEC now, right? So we have great offensive minds in the SEC. Um, but these scores are starting to look a lot like the Big 12, right? So it's like something, something ain't right over there, uh, you know, on the defensive side of
0: things. And it's not like – like, it's still a good defense. Like, it's not – and, yeah, to your point, like, the SEC is way more offensive-oriented now than it used to be. Like, back in the day, we remember it was all ground and pound and play defense. And so, a lot of these corners would get to the league and wouldn't be as good as we thought they were because you came from a conference where, like, yes. they're not throwing the ball. So, like, you're not being tested. But now, it's like, even with those guys you named, it's like, bro, on any given day, like, they, they put the clamps on Ole Miss. They'll put the clamps on... Or Mississippi State, whatever. Tennessee is just different. Like, how many times is the same dude? Nick Saban is known for putting game plans together to stop people. How many times was the same dude just gonna keep running uncovered? Yeah. Like, maybe I don't know what game plan y'all were running, but maybe it's just me watching as a fan. But somewhere along the line, you know, if if the same dude, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. Nixon, whatever y'all were doing, maybe I don't know. Cover Josh. What's his name? Hyatt. Hi, what's his first hi, name? Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt. Jalen. Cover Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt. You know, like just try it out. I don't know. <laughs> he figure something out, bro. This is ridiculous. And and they were and it wasn't just defense. They were making it's been happening all year. A lot of stupid penalties, like yep. uncharacteristic penalties, like stupid mistakes. You know, like the muff punt. Where it was clearly like not gonna get picked up, and this dude is just gonna pick it up. Like, what are you doing? You know, like this is stuff I've been saying it all year. Like, they're not going to win a championship if they don't get it together. Yeah, and, and I know six, Nick is telling them that. Yeah, thing that has sixteen
1: uh, penalties. Sixteen or seventeen penalties, which was, which was the most uh, since Nick Saban's been at Alabama.
0: Yeah, and even that so. Texas game. You go back to like we keep going back to Texas because at first everybody was like, maybe it's a one off. You know, everybody has a, a bad game, whatever. And then here we are again. Yeah. And if Quinn, if Quinn Ubers
1: doesn't get hurt, Texas wins that game. I'm, I'm, I'm standing firm in that.
0: Even if he, even, okay, let's say he, even with him being hurt, they could have won that game. It was a couple yeah. of, like, if they make that field goal right before halftime, if they don't miss them two extra points, mm-hmm. um, if that horrendous call where it should have been a safety but it wasn't, Like, if they sack Bryce Young right at the end at midfield, like, there's so many ifs in that game, even without Quinn Like, you know, you look at the Arkansas game, like, they almost, they were up big, and then they blew a lead, and then they just, Arkansas just couldn't finish the deal. Like, it's been a couple games like that this year. And they still gotta play Ole Miss, and they still gotta play, um, I think they still got, oh, Mississippi State's next week. So, like, it's, it's, it's some games on that schedule where I mean I, st- I think they're gonna beat both of them but like <laughs> it ain't it ain't it ain't the same it ain't the same it, they had a yeah but we say all that to say Tennessee is 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 the real deal you know like Hooker and Hyatt and all these dudes that they're for real now. You hope they don't have a letdown game because that tends to happen where you get this big W and you invest all this emotion and then you just let your foot off the gas the next week and lose a game you're not supposed to lose. So, <laughs> no, no,
1: no, especially in the
0: SEC too, right? Well, yeah, SEC, everybody's Super Bowl is beating Bama and then like a week or two later they'll lose to like Memphis or some weird game to like LSU or somebody. So it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. In, it's, it's hard to win in college football for a reason like Tennessee can't let up now cuz you do still have Georgia in a week so you can't be messing up before you play that So, yeah, they put uh, Tennessee Martin this week which is, you know,
1: FCS team. So, it should be okay this week. Um and then they go to Kentucky, which is uh oh, no, actually shoot. Kentucky goes to them. Yeah, they're home against Kentucky and then they go to the road against Georgia. So, you know, Kentucky's tough, right? Kentucky's yeah, tough, right? Kentucky's, Kentucky's tough. tough. Um, and then, of course, you go at number one Georgia in um, on November 5th. So, I mean, hey, they, they, they will have a chance to kind of control their destiny if they can beat Georgia. But then they'll have to see Alabama again in the SEC championship, right? So, I don't know. Like, I think this team is good enough to be a playoff team. Um, this may be a bizarre year where we get three SEC teams in the playoffs, potentially. Because if Georgia – if, say, Georgia – whoever loses Georgia – um, you know, Tennessee game. If they run the table, that's only one loss against the number one or the number three team, right? So it's just it'll be interesting to see.
0: That's the thing. If we get a three SEC team playoff, I am gonna be upset. It's gonna be a lot of people that's gonna be upset. It's, it's, Absolutely. <laughs> it's if that happens, like the, the there are just some things that just cannot be allowed to happen. Like yeah. the SEC to me is a, is an extremely overrated conference in terms of like everybody's like, oh, it's the best conference out there. And I'm like, no, y'all been riding the coattails of Bama for years. Y'all have, are there years where there are a lot of good SEC teams like this year? Yes. But top to bottom, is not the best conference to me. Like, every conference has one or two teams that are better and head above shoulders. Like, there's no one conference that's the best to me. Like, it's, it's a couple of teams in each conference that are really good. But it, it's just too lopsided for me to think one conference is just that much better than everybody else. I'm with you. So it's just weird. But speaking let's of be, weird,
1: let's be honest though, real quick, right? Yeah. We don't want to see, we don't want to see Clemson in the playoffs this year. I know you don't want to see Clemson in the playoffs because I don't.
0: <laughs> I do. I like Clemson. I'm a Clemson. I, I, I like
1: Clemson. I I I don't know, man. I I just don't feel like this is the that you know typical Clemson team, right? They barely won against you know Florida State this past weekend. They you know barely won against Wake Forest, right? So they just been. Inching by and getting by, um, so but I don't that, know, like, I feel like we will have a better chance if we if we see Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama in the playoffs versus a, a Clemson team kind of sneaking in uh, at number four.
0: Now I, I, I hear you. This this Clemson team does feel weird. Like they don't feel as dominant as they've been, but like at at the same time they're like really super dominant for some reason. Like that defense is great. Oh yeah, I love the defense. That, their their D line is full of dogs, like just full of them. But I just DJ scares me. DJ scares me. But it's like to your point about the, the Wake Forest thing. Wake Forest is a good team. Another one of these good teams. Um, Florida State is better than they've been in a while. Mm-hmm. They're still not. They're not like Jimbo and James good. But like they're you know they're 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 turning that corner. And it's like I would argue that. Some of those years they were winning championships, they were losing some of these same games or like playing in tight games in their conference. Like remember they lost to Pittsburgh the year they won a championship? And that's their last that's their last loss at home or like when they took two overtimes to beat South Carolina State one year or North Carolina State I mean, one year. Like they 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 have weird games like that because they are so good. But that's what I talk about about like every You know, Conference has like one or two really good teams. Now, a team I think I was dead wrong about is Michigan. I thought that they were going to have a letdown year. You know, I thought that because I don't trust Jim Harbaugh. I don't trust Michigan. Never have, never will. Even when they beat Ohio State, I was just like, they're going to get dusted by whoever after that. And I'm like, they come into this year and they look almost better than they did a year ago. Like that game against Penn State was crazy. They got all these running backs, and then the defense is is pretty good. Like, they could fuck around and beat Ohio State again. And I didn't think I would say that before, but like, Ohio State has looked real. (sighs) Like, they beat who they're supposed to beat, but like, I still can't get that first game of the year out of my mind. I can't.
1: Yeah, I am I'm, I'm a Lee corso you right here. I'm gonna say not so fast, my friend, right? Like <laughs> I, I I'm I'm with you, like Michigan's rushing attack, I mean, is ridiculous, right? Like rushing for four hundred eighteen yards in a big ten game is is, is wild to me. Yeah. Um like Blake Corham, I mean his the way he's been running this season is ridiculous. But then Edwards when he came back, like I love out of Edwards. I think he's out of the Michigan running backs, I think he's the best pro prospect by far. Um just because, you know, his size, 6'1", 204 – um, and then his ability to catch the ball. I was at the, the Maryland game last year. I think he had like three receiving touchdowns, right? So he's just a fluent athlete big strong kid only a sophomore um, But when you, when you add the that running element with JJ McCarthy So you got three guys that you got to worry about on the ground. This team is dangerous uh, The defense even losing, you know Hutchinson and a jogbo, right? They still got some guys out there that can can you know get after it, uh, but I Don't think we've ever seen a receiving core like this Ohio State and this is even with two first round draft picks leaving last year, right? right? We got Marvin Harrison Jr. We got Agbuka, like, and then of course you know JSN. Whenever he gets healthy, and we talk about that three headed monster with CJ Stroud throwing a football, and then the
0: Henderson the- as a running back,
1: yeah, of course, right? And then and then you also got uh, I believe listen, Mayan Mayan Williams, I believe, who also yeah. you know can run the rock, right? So like that offense, like, and I've been telling people. I think Ohio State is the number one team. Like, Georgia, great team, but their offense is nowhere close near as efficient as they were last year. Even with Brock Bowers, they just don't have a rushing attack like they did last year. But um, that Ohio State offense is by far the best offense in college football, and I don't think it's remotely close. Uh, and then they do have still some you know some holes in that defense, but I think they're a lot improved. They haven't played anyone yet. But um, I just don't know if a team can stop Ohio State's offense. Um, and – Let's say we get into a shootout. We saw Alabama give up fifty something, and we also saw Tennessee give up, you know, big points as well, give up forty nine points. So I don't know. If I say first team in the sixty, I feel like I'm I'm going with Ohio State. I like my chances with them. So that's where I'm at with it. I don't know if Michigan could score like that running the football. You know, I feel like a good enough team could you know could could stack the box and then. That's what I guess Michigan fans are saying. That's why we got JJ McCarthy now, but I don't know if he could really do it as well.
0: Yeah, see, JJ McCarthy is weird to me because like he's okay at everything. Mm-hmm. Like clearly they're most potent when they can run the football, but like what McCarthy is that doesn't do anything particularly well. Like he's a okay, he's an okay runner. You know, he throws the football okay. The only thing that's with Michigan like who are who is he throwing to is the question like like you you mentioned all the receivers that Ohio State has at their disposal who is Michigan throwing to is my question that's 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 where they could run into problems is it's like they got to figure out if if you run into a stout defense that can like stifle your run game then what happens what what do you do like, what do good. you go to? Ohio State can throw whatever they want at you. Like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. You can shut down Paris, um, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., okay, whatever. We'll just throw it to the other side. Oh, you want to decide that you, we can't throw the ball this week? Let's just run it down your throats with Travion Henderson <laughs> and C.J. Stroud. Like, good. and then, you know, their defense is, is is good enough. You know, like, college football, at this point, like, by design, everybody, all the best teams it's been don't break. Like, defenses, if you can get after the passer and can get turnovers and can get opportune stops at opportune times, you are good to go. Like nobody's really shutting anybody down anymore. It's just not that type of game anymore. So it's like you know, that that when they when they go up against the Georgias and Alabamas of the world, like they can get in shootouts with them. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like, oh, can we get a sack on this key third down? And force them to punt here. Can we force this turnover here? You know, can we play field position? Even though that doesn't really matter anymore either. <laughs> you know, so there are some things where it, it'll come in handy. It's just weird. But, yeah, college football is uh, in a good place. It's in, it's in a good place. It's in a really good place. I mean, like I said, TCU undefeated, I think they are. You know, you know, Texas is pretending like they're, they're acting as if they want to be back now, finally, uh, uh, which is weird. It's going to be really weird next year when Quinn Ewers and Archie Manning are fighting it out for the quarterback spot. That's going to be a weird thing if, if Ewers really is that dude that we think he is and if Manning is that dude we think he is. Like That's just going to be interesting to see that play out if he even goes there because he might go somewhere else but yeah that's what that is we have reached my favorite part of the show it's a segment i like to call big time plays of the day and from the college world we go on to the pros the nfl much like college, was just full of ridiculousness this week. All the teams that are supposed to be the top of the the top dogs in the league all went down. All the coming up and starters all won big games this weekend. And the Philadelphia Eagles are still undefeated. So we're going to just start there. Philly and Dallas, for some reason, people seem to act like they're surprised that the NFC East is so good when... Most fans of the division have been trying to tell y'all, uh, like, the division beats up on each other. We've been doing this. Like, it's, it's a division where there is not a repeat winner since like the early 2000s. Like, there's a reason for that. You know, and all the jokes about NFC Least and stuff, besides that bum-ass team at the bottom, um, you know, the other three teams, like the Giants are five and one, which is crazy. I don't know if they can keep getting away with this, but they're 5-1 for now. The Eagles are 6-0. Dallas is 4-2 with a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. And now they get Dak Prescott back. You know, so with that being said, the Eagles, man. The Eagles, man. I just, I don't know how they... In just a year's time, Jalen Hurts has gone from doesn't look like he could throw 10 yards to... You know, he can do enough to win. Like, he doesn't mess it up. Like, he's still uh-huh. ascending. And they got all these weapons. That defense... the Howie Roseman can't draft a receiver to save his life. But that man knows something about the trenches, man. Whether it's the offensive yep. line or the defensive line. They are always good in the trenches. Yeah. I
1: mean... You know, it's my my hometown team, right? You know I'm not a Eagles fan. I uh, you know I'm I'm not a PA team, I'm a Steelers fan, but you know all my Philly people out there listening. Hey, y'all y'all are the team to be in the NFC, right? Like that good right and, and it all starts like you said though it all starts with the defense it all starts up front we can talk about Jalen hurts all we want we could talk about you know the acquisition of aj brown we can talk about the great russian attack but everything starts with the defense uh, you got the ogs Fletcher cox and brandon graham out there and then you have hassan reddick uh, and then on the back end right Darius Slay is probably right now the best corner in football. That's just how good he's been this year. And then you get James
0: Bradbury, who's just coming off a crazy year with the Giants last year. Oh, and, and now he, yeah. the Giants just let him walk. But you got those two guys at corner.
1: Um, you got, you know, Chauncey you know Gardner-Johnson Gardner, uh, Washington, or Gardner Johnson from the from the Saints, and he's just doing his thing as well. Avante Maddox at the nickel. Um, and then the question mark, of course, was in the linebackers, but then you got Kazair White. You got, you know, Bradley playing well. So their defense, if you can just get after the quarterback and, you know, trust your guys on the back end, it, it's hard for anybody, especially a backup quarterback like Cooper Rush, who was. I saw something funny. They was like, Cooper Rush has been doing what he's, you know, able to do. And he's helping him win games. But he's been the least of the contributors for this group project. Right. I um, mean, that's just been true, right? He's just been doing just enough. But this Eagles team, they exposed him three interceptions, hadn't turned the ball over since he'd been a starter. Um, but the defense, man, that's kind of just where it starts. Now, offensively, Dev, like you said, the biggest question mark for this team, say what you want about the, the linebacker, say what you want about, you know, like, is Nick Sirianni the right coach for this team? The biggest question was Jalen Hurts. There was rumors that the Eagles were going to trade up in the first round. And this year's draft, the past draft, the Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis draft, there were rumors that the Eagles would trade up draft a quarterback in the first round right and now we're talking about Jalen Hurts who's in the thick of the MVP race right now as crazy as it sounds like he was not he was he was thinking that people were thinking about replacing him with a rookie quarterback but now he's proven that he's the guy for this team um, and then of course A.J. Brown Devonte Devontae Smith um, but more than anything, it's the offensive line right now. I feel like that's carrying this Eagles team, and it's that rushing attack. You can give the ball to Miles Sanders, who's getting in the end zone this year. You also have Scott. You also have Gainwell, right? And then, of course, you got to worry about Jalen Hurts and, as a rushing threat. So, hey, man, the Eagles are going to be tough to beat. Um, I'd be interested to see when they play the Giants and, and, You know, later on this season. And, of course, they got to play the Cowboys at the end of the season. But, I mean – I don't think there's been a more complete team on the NFC side of things than the Eagles. The Bucks don't look great. The Minnesota Vikings probably would be the second best team, you know, right now, which is crazy to say. See, and the Eagles are ready to beat
0: them. <laughs> the Vikings, <laughs> as long as they keep playing games at 1 p.m. Yeah. They are good, they are good. 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins, 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins is that dude. Now, if you gotta play anything 4 o'clock or later, y'all got problems. Anytime, 4 o'clock or later, if the sun goes down while y'all playing, you just might as well call it quits. Just just wrap it up. Because Kirk Cousins, just like with the Eagles, their biggest question is Jalen Hurts. The biggest answer for Minnesota is Kirk Cousins. He's clearly not that dude. He's trash. But anyway, we're not going to drag on them because they're 5-1. But you talked about the Giants. The Giants can't keep getting away with this. Like they, They can't. Like please tell me they can't. They can't keep getting away with this. This is this is ridiculous. Like commanders people had that hat to hang on like yo, at least we're better than the Giants. And then apparently no we're not. We I keep saying we like I'm a fan. No they're not. You know, like it, it's just it's ridiculous. Like how do the Giants keep doing this? This is ridiculous even though they can't be nobody in the division but Like, you beat a a list of quarterbacks that includes Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, and yet somehow people still are not sure about, like, what this team is supposed to be. And then on the other side of New York, the damn Jets are 4-2. Like, what what is going on in the state of New York? And Buffalo, who is supposed to be good, but, like, these other two teams, it's like, bro, the state of New York living it up right now. Now, I mean, it's too bad the basketball season began and the Nets and Knicks are just both what they are. But, but, like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you talk about the NFC, and it's like the Eagles, nobody thought that coming. Well, I wouldn't say nobody. But nobody thought the Bucks would be this bad. Well, okay, let's rephrase that again. We did not expect the Bucks to be this awful. At least most of us didn't. Your Steelers, man. They got the job done, man. <laughs> I don't know how y'all did it.
1: I, I mean, I don't know how we would have did it either. Uh, I was at the point where I said, I'm not even going to watch the Steelers play until T.J. Watt comes back right I, I had the game on, I had the TV on red zone this week. And I didn't even have up my second screen. That's how, that's how done with the Steelers I was. The secondary was depleted, but we still, Kenny Pickett still beat Tom Brady. Um, That's all I got to say. So, I'm riding high this week, and I won't get too happy because, you know, we do play the Eagles in two weeks.
0: (laughs) Now, I will say, Kenny and Mitch actually beat Tom because Kenny had a concussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will say for the Steelers that I do have y'all beating Philly because y'all are catching them out out of a bye week. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that. That is the saving grace. That is the one thing I think. And the, plus, this is also the NFL. Like the best team ain't always going to win in the NFL. This ain't college. In college, the best team always wins. The NFL ain't working like that. Like you know, anybody can beat anybody one time. You know, so it's like y'all could beat them in two weeks because you're going to catch them when they're coming off a of bye. They're already undefeated. Nobody goes undefeated. Like it's going to be some weird, ugly game because they're coming off a of bye. It's just weird. It, I've I've seen weirder things, and I think it's at home or is it in Philly? It's in Philly.
1: It's in Philly. And
0: yeah, so I I've seen I've seen weirder things happen. I, I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> but that being said, um, y'all do have a Sunday night game against a certain quarterback in Miami who's supposed to be coming back.
1: Um. Take some deep breaths. I'm gonna take some deep breaths, man. Cause, <laughs> cause no, um, he needs
0: to take deep breaths. Cause, good lord. Yeah, I'm.
1: I'm, I'm gonna send up a, a few prayers for him. Um, yeah. Even a Taylor's fan. I, I'm gonna still pray for Tua this
0: yeah, weekend. Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird all around. Speaking of weird, um, how do the Falcons do? They know what they want to do. Is my question. Like, are they Are they trying to win games? Or are they trying to? get better draft position. Like do they know exactly what the plan is this season? Because it doesn't they just seem to just be playing off vibes. Like one week they look horrible, then the next week they beat the 49ers. Like what's 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 the deal down in Atlanta? It's just it's really weird. Yeah,
1: I mean if you see if y'all can see my you know my my facial expression, I'm 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 just as confused as you are Dove. I mean I think we're just as confused as the whole, you know, ATL contingent is (laughs) (laughs) you know. And that's a bittersweet thing. You know, Kyle Pitts, is, that's my, my younger cousin. And, you know, my family even went to the game this past this past weekend. So they were excited about the win. Um, but the fact that this team has a quarterback that should not be throwing a ball more than 20 times a game. But the two cornerstones of your offense are Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London. We talk about a receiver and the tight end that need the ball. Right. You're trying to build an offense around them. But you got a guy like Marcus Mariota who's supposed to just be carrying the torch, but also kind of tanking so that you can draft a C.J. Sprout or, or Bryce Young. But
0: Or at least pretend at, like you believe in Desmond Ritter.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, or Desmond Ritter, right? But at 3-3, three and three, maybe Arthur Smith, you know, kind of playing for his job. I I, I don't know, but I, I I had no expectations for them to beat the 49ers, even though the 49ers are banged up. But for the Falcons to be sitting here at 3-3 three and three right now is – you know beyond me at this point and i don't know it's just that whole nfc south like it's you said bro is, bad. it's weird
0: <laughs> it's a bad division like bucks are three and three and they don't know what they're doing falcons are a weird three and three panthers are just awful and, mm. and the saints were supposed to be this team everybody was like you got all these weapons they they're supposed to be like a quarterback away and mm-hmm. it's just it's weird it's a weird division you know yeah and and um, Kyle Pitts, like just just an idea of how weird things have been in Atlanta. They said the touchdown he scored was the first time he scored on American soil because they <laughs> said he scored in London last year and has not scored another touchdown since or yep. before. That is the weirdest. Like I saw that flash across the TV and I was like, Are you sure? Like. I, you for real? Like, I'm like, am I? did somebody make a mistake? And it's like, no. <laughs> He's not scored outside of London until this past weekend. That's just the craziest thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so crazy to me. But I don't think anything was as crazy as every time the Bills and Chiefs play. is just... You know, well, every time since... You know... Like... We all saw that playoff game. We all know the story at this point. This is the rematch. You know... it it, it Everybody was expecting the fireworks. And we kind of sort of got them. You know, it wasn't quite as high of a scoring. But... Some things remain the same. The Chiefs still can't cover Gabe Davis. And the Bills still can't stop anybody with less than 15 seconds, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's just at least at halftime. And then the Chiefs came out. It was like a minute left, and everybody's like, well, if they can score in 13 seconds. A minute is like a whole quarter for it, you know? And then they just instead, you know, Pat Mahomes, you know, I guess he just didn't see dude, and, <laughs> and it just jumped the route. And it's like, all right, well, there the Bills. There we go. It's... it's and, and at the same time, it still feels like, okay, they won, but, like, they still got to beat them in the playoffs. Like, that was the mood it felt like leaving that game. Like, yeah, they won, but it just doesn't feel significant at all.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this was, this was game one, right? And, and this is kind of how I think everyone will start to look at this matchup yearly. And if the NFL is the, the NFL that I think they are in terms of, you know, creating these, um, you know, storybook types of matchups year after year, and you just look at the season this year um, when you know Russell Wilson kicked off the season playing against the Seahawks. I think the NFL knows exactly what they're doing in terms of building these matchups um, each year. And I think the Bills and Chiefs should be a matchup every single year. Um, you, we talk what about is the two it? best in the league, right? Like, I think you need to have this matchup every year, kind of like painting and, um, you know, Brady back, back in the day. But uh, on steroids <laughs> when we talk about Allen versus Mahomes. Um, so, yeah, bro, like, they'll see each other again. If everything happens, like, the, unless there's another uh, Cincinnati Bengals team um, out there this year. But I think the Bills and chiefs should meet again, um, probably in the AFC Championship this time. Um, but, um, bro, if, if you think what I'm thinking, I think the biggest difference, you mentioned Gabe Davis, but we got to also talk about Stefan Diggs, who, you know, had 10 catches for over 140 yards. I think Mahomes misses Tyreek Hill more than, you know, Kansas City thought. Even with Juju Smith playing well, there's not a guy on that Chiefs offense, besides Travis Kelsey, of course, but I feel like tight ends at a certain point, you can kind of, you know, kind of game plan them out. But they need a guy that can go win one-on-one deep down the field after Mahomes extends the play. They, They just don't have that guy. They don't have Tyreek Hill out there. And I think that was the difference because Allen had not only did he have Diggs, but he also had Gabe Davis that can make corners look silly out there. There's not a single guy on that Kansas City offense besides Kelsey that scares me. And, you know, that's scary, you know, for the Chiefs.
0: Because I'm like, you know, on one one hand, I look at it like the old Tom Brady offense where you just Mm -hmm. throw in a bunch of out routes and guys just get yards after a catch. But there is still at some point you got to throw the ball down the field. Like at some point corners are just going to stop respecting the deep ball and they're just going to sit on those routes, which Mm -hmm. is what happened. (laughs) <laughs> and then when you add another element that we didn't even talk about, Von Miller had like three sacks the other day. Like you add that, you didn't have that last year. Now you have that. You have that line that they have. And then Trey White still isn't back yet. Tredavious yeah. White isn't back yet. Now, obviously they lost one of their two amazing safeties. But, you know, that. and then the other one's playing with broken ribs. He couldn't even fly to the game. He had to drive 15 hours. Uh, so. Like
1: cracked ribs, and <laughs> your drove fifteen hours.
0: Yeah, um, I saw yeah. that one other time. Deshaun Watson did it a couple years ago, where he had to take a like a greyhound somewhere because he had broken ribs and he couldn't fly. So I've seen that happen before. It's still stupid, just kind of with yeah. everything that we've learned this year about <laughs> player safety. It's just a bad look, but like he played, you know. It's just. My thing is, yeah, they're they're probably going to play every year because they've already been scheduled to play next year. My thing is, can some of these games please be in Buffalo? Like, why do they always got to go to Kansas City? Like, I get the playoffs, I get it because the seating, so you can't control that. But in the regular season, why do they keep going to Kansas City? Like, flip it, you know? Like, send them to Buffalo a few times, you know? Like, it's bad enough, you know. Yeah, but. That, you know, the NFL is doing what the NFL does. So that's what that is. Now, elsewhere, we got to talk about baseball. You know, it's October Fall Classic. You know, it's it's a lot of craziness going on in the baseball world. And that brings me to the teams that played themselves. You played yourself. It's dedicated to all the people that should have sat down and ate their food. And let me tell you. If you won more than 100 games in baseball this year, you're trash because it's like the Braves got dusted by your Phillies, the Mets were supposed to be this World Series favorite and they couldn't get up the first round, and then the damn Dodgers. How many times are we going to go over this? How many times are we gonna are we, we going to see this movie play out the way it does? And now we got Phillies and Padres in the world in the AL no what is it NL uh, NLCS so, you know so that's going to be an interesting matchup because the Phillies haven't really done anything for almost a decade until this year you know Bryce Harper is what year 4 in on that deal or year 3 but, uh, uh, this is his third season I believe yeah in Philly Yeah because he came over in 19 so yeah, yeah. This, this would be, I want to raise up. Yeah, it's, you know. So basically, Nationals fans got to pick which former National they want to get to the World Series. Do we do we want to see Soto and Josh Bell, or do we want to see Bryce Harper? I personally root for Soto. That's my guy. I rock with him. Always rock with him as, since he got us that ring. That's my guy. I don't hate Harper like most other fans do, but I just like Soto more. Like it's, it's just weird. But anyway, to to that point, the Phillies man. They remind me of the Nationals in 2019. Y'all were dead in the water. You fired your manager. Everybody thought the season was over. Bryce Harper broke his thumb. Like, y'all looked very bleak. And then somehow, y'all weathered that storm. And now we're fighting for a chance to go to the World Series. Like, how how, how, how would you even explain this wild ride that Philly fans have been on all year?
1: Hey, I mean, it's, it's Red October, right? So, I mean, anything can go. I always tell people all the time, you know, during the regular season, I watch baseball sparingly, but um, I mean, I think it's the postseason. Uh, just because at any given time, it all it only takes a game to to, to flip a series. It only takes a you know a three man pitcher rotation to win a series. Um, so whenever I look at the seating, it all it all depends on who's hot at the right time, who's on the mound. But um, it's exciting. Uh, this is the first time the Phillies have been good in a long, long time, and. Like we said earlier, um, when we said you know it's good for college football, when the Phillies are playing well, when Philadelphia sports are good in general, I think it's good for the for sports. Um, yeah. But the Phillies, they were that they were that they were that team that kind of was carrying the city, uh, you know, for a, for a while back in the, you know growing up. Um, until the Eagles got their their uh, Super Bowl finally, but um, but the Phillies is always great. Um, and then Bryce Harper, like you said, it's. It's time for him to get his, right? Like, the Nationals got theirs, but it's time for Bryce Harper to get his. You know, coming off the MVP season last season, um, didn't have the, the team success that he wanted. And then this year, it surged back from the injury. The pitching kind of locked in and got a lot better. You know, JT started hitting the ball. Hoskins started hitting the ball. So, hey, man, anything can happen now. San Diego was a tough matchup for them. Uh, you know, big bats over there. You know, Manny Machado finally in the big stage. So, it'll be interesting to see the series. But like you said the NL East was the best division you know in baseball this season uh, when we talk about the Mets we talk about the Braves but they had all the hype all the talent in the world but ultimately it's the Phillies that finished third in the regular season that's the last team saying it in the NL East so I'm excited man um, you know just they just kicked, kicked off started off first pitch not too long ago today so excited to watch that um, and hey man anything can happen in October um, but uh, I like the Phillies to win this series um, and then Whatever they face, whether it's the Juggernaut or the, the Yankees or Astros, who were the best teams all year in the American League. Um, but I, I think everyone knew kind of going into the, the playoffs that the, the National League was going to be where the parity was because I don't think anybody expected anyone to beat the Astros or the Yankees um, this year, even though the Guardians did get them a, a little run for their money. But um, the Astros
0: is killing. <laughs> yeah, like is, baseball is probably out of all of the sports baseball is probably the most unforgiving Mm -hmm. in terms of like the way their postseason even with the new structure and the way it's set up even more now because it already was hard enough before now you got this new format that they got in place baseball is probably the most unforgiving sport because it's like bro you play 162 games in a grueling regular season and all it takes is for a couple Pitches to get hot in October And you fuck around and be uh-huh. done with the playoffs in like two games And it's like uh-huh. you blink The Mets look at the Mets the blink of an eye Their season is over and it's like What do we do now like it's like what do, we, what do we do how do we come back from this It was like You know also Phillies Y'all got y'all got a uh, Y'all, y'all got to uh, Keep up The uh, tradition. Y'all got tradition to maintain. The Nats won it. The Nats beat the Astros in 2019 and the Braves beat the Astros last year. (laughs) Y'all y'all gotta keep it up. And at least is rocking strong the last five years in the World Series. So, you know, y'all y'all can't y'all can't y'all can't let the train off the tracks. You know, y'all gotta keep the train rolling. You know. I don't think you will, because I I like the I mean the Padres got a lot, like you said, a lot of bats. (laughs) You know, and Tatis ain't even playing imagine if he was playing you know so it's like it's weird it's, 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 it's that that is a very deep team y'all are deep too but that's a very deep team so it's interesting and speaking of the astros and, and yankees um i think we can finally let the cheating scandal go the astros clearly are the death star that everybody thinks the yankees were astros just keep on doing it they just keep on winning no matter whether they cheating or playing by the rules the astros keep winning and I can't do nothing but respect it. They nice. are just too deep. Their pitching staff is insane. Jordan Alvarez is just the next man up. He's he's incredible. Um, Altuve's Altuve. Bregman is Bregman. Like even Correa walks out the door, and they're still just right back here again. You know. Now the Yankees, you know, are they gonna let us down again? I think so because I look. Let me tell you. Their GM was talking big shit. He he blamed the Astros. He was like, "Oh, the Astros are the reason we haven't won a championship." Well, if y'all lose to them again, I wonder what the excuse is gonna be this year. All I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's a good. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> I, thank you, right? Like we always say. And to your point, bro. And thank you said so well well stated in terms of the Astros, right? Like that. What you want? Like, yeah, I get it. What they did was 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 ridiculous and i mean they yeah let's just say they served their punishment but you can't you can't you know put back you can't get back the trophies you can't get back world series titles um but let's be honest even in those seasons right they were by far the most talented team yeah like and like that's just the thing and that's what made the
0: cheating so frustrating they didn't have to do it
1: (laughs) exactly bro so like baseball has this like you know black mass over it um when, when it comes to of course the steroids era even when we talk about Barry Bonds a lot of people don't like to acknowledge him me and you last time we were on a podcast we were kind of joking about how Aaron judges you know but he's nowhere close to Barry Bonds records right like how great it was he's having but he's nowhere close to you know the Barry Bonds status and I, I was thinking about that like Barry Bonds was that good without the steroids right he was like legitimately just the best player um and we'll never see a guy that is as feared as him ever in a sport even, um, and it's about that the right, like limits. we that, that team, that dynasty, didn't go anywhere, right? Like they just yeah, maybe they took a year or two off, but they're right back to where they're at. Right. Um you know, it, it, that's just how good they've been. They've just been that much better than everyone this year. So I don't even think, you know, maybe just because it's New York and the Yankees are the Yankees, and because they have Judge and because they have, you know, Stanton, because they have Cole, right? The pressure is not on the Yankees still, right? The pressure's on the Astros because they have been the best team. They have been the best team. So, I don't know. Like, maybe the Yankees go into this, this series and just be like, hey, man, we're playing with house money. We, we yeah, we expected to be good, but we didn't expect to be Astros good. So, I don't know. We'll no, see but what they Yankees did. Think.
0: They're the Yankees. Like, oh, the yeah. Yankees. Like, yeah, there is we'll that pressure we'll on them. We'll see what Yankees team shows up. <laughs> and, you know, that. Judge, just the last year in this contract, like, <laughs> there is pressure on them. <laughs> you know, like, if they don't win a championship this year, they might never win one. Because... Yeah. Padres aren't going nowhere. Braves aren't going nowhere. Astros aren't going nowhere. Like, if the Yankees do not win a championship this year, I don't know if they ever will. Because, Judge, you know, baseball, it's hard to bring your stars back. It's not like these other sports. Uh You know, people will leave. Judge will fuck around and leave and go across the bridge to to the Mets and be there for, like, the next 15 years. And then the Yankees are going to have to find somebody else. Like, it's just a weird sport. Baseball is the most unforgiving sport. And it's the owner's fault. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the difference. But, yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of got off the rails a little bit. But we want to end the show with a special episode of a segment that I like to call Let's Play a Game. We're going to ask a cool question. I actually got two questions for you this week. Um, First one. Obviously the NBA season is getting ready to start. It starts this week, you know, a lot of teams expect to be really good, but then there's the other side of the coin with the teams that are going to be really bad. And I think this year in particular is more incentive than ever to be terrible because there is a once in a generation alien who's seven foot four from France, who is just waiting to be the number one pick in the draft. And it's just a matter of who is going to be bad enough to get him. And I ask you. Well, who is going to be bad enough to get Victor Wimba
1: I mean, if we could say a prayer and if we can, um, you know, just be real. I hope he doesn't end up in Utah. I hope he doesn't end up in OKC. Um, so, you know, by a process of elimination, I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. Um, and I think that the NBA will do a good job by allowing him to go to a relatively good sized market and, and play with an exciting team like Houston. Um, and, and play with Jalen Green and pair those guys together because I think that would be a lot more fun for the NBA moving forward. Um, the Utah thing is just a wash. Like I don't need to see that. I don't. No one wants to see Utah good. No one wants to see a great talent stuck in Utah like Victor. So for for all of us, for all of our sake, I'm hoping he goes to Houston. And I think that the NBA will allow. The lottery ball to kind of go in that direction so i'm gonna go with the houston rockets <laughs> i
0: ain't gonna lie i don't think utah will be that bad because there are a couple pieces still there like actually no i just thought about it gobert's gone and go gone and Mitchell mitchell's gone. gone jordan clarkson's there but not like he's leading the team yeah I, okay utah, utah might be pretty bad but i don't think the, the reason, I don't think he's going to Utah. I don't think he's going to Houston either. Um, my thing is, I don't think he goes to OKC either. It's two teams that I'm looking at, and and I'm looking at it in this sense that it would be better for them that he goes there. Because, basically, so I don't know if you saw it, Adrian Wojnarowski was talking about this dude could bring as much as like $500 million in value to any franchise that he goes to. Like there are a lot of franchises that have been starving. There is only one place in my mind that makes perfect sense for him to go that would just completely rejuvenate a fan base and a franchise like we've never seen before. And that is the Sacramento Kings. Oof, okay. And I think that he will end up in either in Sacramento or Indiana. And, you know, Indiana's got the basketball history, the the, the yeah. Pacers. You know, imagine if he goes there, you know, with all the great players they've had. You know, that could be great. Sacramento has been starving for something to cheer about for almost a decade now since that 2004 season that they had. and You know, that franchise needs something. They just got a brand new coach who's going to be in his first year, and he doesn't really have a whole lot to work with right now. Like, Victor to Sacramento would just make so much good sense to me. Like, you know, Sacramento and Indiana are my two, like, first place. Probably Houston, even though the only thing with Houston is, like, do you pair him with Paolo? I mean, not Paolo. What's uh, what's, what's that guy from Auburn? Oh, uh, Jabari Smith. Yeah, him. Yeah, Jabari Smith. Do you pair him with him up front, and then you got two really young guys? Because he's a 7'4 guy, but he plays more like a wing. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be a weird thing. Maybe he does go to Orlando and ends up with Paolo. You know, that'd be a good front court. <laughs> you know? But I do think he'll end up in Sacramento. Like, everybody that thinks he's going to be on the Knicks, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they just don't get these things. It just doesn't happen. He doesn't yeah. need to be in New York. Yeah, David Stern gave them
1: one gift and I was Patrick Ewing. And they um, and no, the more, bag. no more gifts i have been given out since.
0: <laughs> right. Right. No more gifts. You know, they could have had sack. They could have Remember they thought they were going to get Kyrie Irving and Zion. They got nothing. Mm-hmm. They got nothing. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> nothing at all. So, yeah. That's what that is. Now, my second question. We were talking about the Heisman earlier, so we're going to bring that conversation back. So, I, I asked you all. So, let's put it like this. You are a Heisman Trophy voting media member. Like, you, you hold mm. the the winning vote to determine who wins the Heisman, right? Mm. But you can't pick CJ Stroud. You can't pick none of the usual suspects. No CJ Stroud, no Bryce Young, and no uh, Will Anderson. You can't pick those three. Okay. Okay. Who is your way out of left field Heisman Trophy winner? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I probably would go with. um... Actually, no. Let me rephrase the question. Sorry, if if you could pick anybody in the world to win the Heisman, there were no rules, and it wasn't the three that I just named. Like in an alternate universe where brand names aside, and we just put all that to the side, and you just look at.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go with two answers. My first one we got to be, I got to give my D2 guys some love. So Dwayne Brown, wide receiver at IUP, you my know. alma mater. Dwayne Brown is, I mean, the best player in Division two football. Uh, he was a freshman my senior year where he played running back for us. Uh, we were number one team in D2, but now he's kind of taken over uh, as the guy, as a wide receiver. Um, he's just putting up crazy numbers, you know bypassed all of my records um, ridiculously. Uh, he's just, he's a beast. Um, so I gotta give him a lot of love. So shout out to the D2 guys, Dwayne Brown. But on the FBS side of things, Sean Tucker. Um, he's a sophomore running back out of Sy- at Syracuse. Um, Syracuse right now uh, is, is flying high. I think they're ranked like 20th. They play Clemson this year, uh, this week. Uh, and Sean Tucker has been carrying his team. They just beat NC State last week. Uh, Syracuse football is back. Uh, Syracuse actually they're ranked 14th They're still undefeated They're 6-0 They play Clemson this week uh, Sean Tucker I mean if he goes off for another big game I think he'll probably Have over 100 yards I don't know if he's had a game this year where he's had you know Less than 100 yards That's how good he's been uh, But Sean Tucker That's that's my guy uh, Syracuse football is back And Sean Tucker's leading the way
0: Yeah I, I peeped the shameless plug at the beginning uh, <laughs> Shout out to you and the records at IUP <laughs> You know <laughs> But yeah, no, Syracuse is crazy because, like, Dino you know, Babers apparently was on the hot seat coming into the year, and now they're, you know, undefeated, and people have been begging game day to go there, and they just haven't yet, and it's just really funny, you know? And, yeah, so, i talking from Maryland,
1: too. Owen Mills, Maryland, apparently.
0: You know? Shout out to Owens Mills. <laughs> shout out to them. You know? Uh, yeah, Clemson has a history of losing to Syracuse in big games. Yeah. Uh, They did it one time back in 2017 when Kelly Brown was there. So, you know, they're at home this time. So that could help them. But like, yeah, Mm -hmm. this would be a week that they could possibly get upset. But anyway, for me, I'm going to go somewhere that a lot of people have kind of laughed this one off because they were like, oh, look at the competition. But I'm going to go Shador Sanders. Jackson State quarterback, you know. We haven't had an HBCU quarterback even sniff a Heisman Trophy since Steve McNair. And he, I think, ended up finishing dead last even in the voting among the people that he finished with. No, not I don't know if it was dead last, but, like, he was in the top five in Heisman vote. This dude is putting up numbers like that. Like, he's like that. And people are going to sit here and laugh and say, oh, well, look who he's playing. I mean, C.J. Stroud ain't exactly lighting it up against, like, I mean... He's lighting it up, but he's playing teams like Marshall and, and, and Bowling Green and all that. And I'm like, you know, that's that. And then I'm going to tell people this. I don't know if people remember. I think the year that I want to say when RG3 won it, it was either that year or one of them other years. Case Keenum finished in like the top 10 in Heisman vote. Mm. People forget. And he was at Houston. <laughs> like, so I don't want to hear... Oh, he's at an FBS school or FCS or whatever. Like, he's putting up good numbers. And and most of these people talking probably couldn't do it anyway. Like, I want you to go out there and throw up whatever against whatever. Like, good football is good football. If you can play, you can play. It don't matter where you play or who you're playing against. You can only Mm -hmm. control who you play against. You know, so I I put Shador in there. And it seemed like, especially next year when everybody's gone, and this is assuming prime stays and... You know, some things. Shador, you know, he could be a... It's going to be a very interesting experiment to see how this works out for him when he goes to the next level. Because next year is his junior year, so he'd be eligible after next year. And next year is a little bit of a lighter draft class because you have Caleb Williams and some other people. So he'll be... he'll be People are going to be looking at him. Yeah, The, the scouts will be looking. So Shador Sanders, if I had to pick somebody else, it would be... Only because I mean I'm not gonna say Hendon Hooker because it looks like he actually might have a chance to win it. I'm looking at people that probably don't have a chance. <laughs> uh, man, I'm trying to think. It was somebody else. It was uh, it had to be a non-quarterback. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of damn quarterbacks winning all the time. Me too. Uh, man, who else can I give it to? Can't think of nobody this year, really uh yeah I guess I I mean Shador was first on my mind um man does anybody stood out I mean Martin Harrison man I mean he's been, he's been oh, yeah. I
1: mean, I young yeah. Martin young Mar, some love I mean I feel like he's been uh as, as far as skill position I, receivers don't get a lot of love even a Heisman you know voting other than of course Devontae a few years back but um uh, yeah man i don't know i feel like uh marvin harrison's been my favorite you know non-quarterback guy to, to kind of watch this season
0: right yeah i guess you know will anderson i don't ever think a defensive player will win it again if tyron matthew couldn't win it then ain't no other defensive player yeah. gonna win it <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah tyron Hunter and dominican sue couldn't win it it's it's, it's hard it, out it's there chase young, young was close but um it's hard out there for for some
0: defenders. But even Chase Young—that's what I'm talking about. Though, if Tyron couldn't win it, and we saw what he did, yeah. it's curtains for some of these other dudes. Like Chase Young wasn't gonna win it over Joe Burrow. Uh, Will Anderson's not gonna win it over C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And Aiden Hutchinson wasn't gonna win it last year. Like he just like you know, it's they're in the voting, but like realistically speaking, just because it is already a quarterback driven sport at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, it's just a thing. But yeah, Shador Sh- Sh- Sanders for the Heisman. I'm-, I'm here for it. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we are gonna wrap things up. But before we go, I just real quick, I gotta say rest in peace, Robbie Coltrane. You know, Hagrid for those who are unfamiliar with Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, I, I was I didn't I wasn't a huge watcher, but like I know the franchise. That was kind of crazy to see that headline. I didn't realize how sick he was or any of that. I didn't realize I mean, he was 72 years old. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize
1: he was that old either. But Yeah, definitely. yeah but right.
0: rest in peace to, to him.
1: Never deny it.
0: Brought us a lot of love as, as, as children. so A lot of greatness in there. So rest in peace yep. to him. But this here has been the play-by-play analysis podcast. I want to thank my guy, Walt, for showing up again. Yeah. Always love. And we got to get up out of here. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. Deuces.